Thanks for tuning in and listening to or watching another episode of the Reforge Roundtable. And we got a full roundtable this week. It's been a while. We brought the show back home to Reforge Gaming on YouTube. So if you are listening to this in any of the other locations that this show shows up, you can always catch us live on Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern at Reforge Gaming on YouTube. And my... I, I don't want to say co-hosts. They're they're hosts of the show. We all host. We all do our own thing here. We all have lead topics we want to run with. My fellow hosts here, Ginger Prime, 30 and So Gaming. You can also call them Mike or Brian, or you can call them the the lesser the lesser watch no sorry watch it watch it now. I'd say we're Beard Squad. Let's do it. Yeah, That's squad. right. That's right. Was it the longer squad. beard? Well, I'm winning. I'm Ginger winning. Ginger throws the hat on. We could really complete it with no yeah, no hat, you know. But that <laughs> you would gotta make... come to the comedy show for to see you without the beanie, so that's... that's right, if you want to take the beanie off. I just want my hair game to look even stronger. That's why I would really That's why want... he invites us on the oh, show. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly <laughs> that's why. That's the magic sauce, guys. <laughs> that's uh, that's he how has you, hair. That, that's how you get on the show. People that right. Have less hair and no hair, and there you go. And that's yeah. The... That's how that's how I look for co-hosts. It's an ego thing. Uh, this is this is a great way to start the show to laugh because we've got some serious subjects. We do. We've got some complaints and some criticisms and some sadness, but it should be a good episode. We got three topics, and each week we like to kind of take our own topic and run with it, and then see what the other guys on the show think. So we're gonna kick things off with Ginger. There's stuff going on with Discord. It's getting integrated into yeah. Xbox. What's going on with Sony? Sony spent some money. How much money? We don't really know, but curious what's happening there i'm gonna be talking about halo because i've been running a narrative that i think yeah. halo infinite most of its problems actually there's a pattern with microsoft and its developers i think microsoft's more to blame for halo which a lot of people don't agree with me on this so i'm curious what the guys think stick around for that segment we're going to end the show though with mike mike's got some thoughts on games are changing they're getting too casual it's more about chores and checking in each day and it's hurting the gamer experience so I think we got three solid segments and topics for you, so make sure and listen to the whole show. And if you're here live, do us a favor. Smash and like helps us, so get us those first 100 likes. And we do look at chat and interact, so feel free to comment on what we're talking about. Ginger, take it away. What, what's Absolutely. going on with Discord? What's happening here? So uh, just to kind of catch everybody up to speed, like in the, in the form of a timeline, and then we're going to go and jump into what's actually going down, and then then there becomes a whole era of speculation as to what's next. But the timeline of it is that uh, Sony invested, like I think, uh, at least what we know is over $100 million in a Series H funding of uh, Discord, basically purchasing a share of the company. Microsoft actually before that tried to buy them out for $10 billion. So Microsoft tried to just buy the whole thing. That didn't work out. Uh, Sony comes in and invests in a portion of the company itself and then finally starts to get some integration as a part of the PlayStation platform. Now, Microsoft already has that. If I'm playing on Xbox, it, it, you can set up Discord to say, hey, I'm playing whatever game on Xbox. But it was just announced this uh, this week that Xbox is going to be the first to actually get uh, like a voice integration uh, added to the Xbox platform, meaning you can be on Xbox. Now, it's reportedly a little bit convoluted. It's a port- reportedly not as easy and user-friendly and i'm going to put in the, the term yet because it still is a part of an insider program invite only but ultimately you can be on xbox and you can actually team up with people on discord and this is absolutely the direction that we needed to go in gaming uh what what is strange about this is obviously like the thoughts and the news and the understanding that sony has a share of this company but yet microsoft seems to be first to bat 
uh, for the inter- the voice integration, it's clearly coming to PlayStation. And what this ultimately will do is it will, at some point down the road, at some you know future ETA, allow for Xbox and PlayStation users to chat through Discord integration. Uh, assumedly, I mean, who knows? Maybe PlayStation could come and say, like, we want to have restrictions. We really don't know the level of impact, etc. My theory, though, when it comes to this, and I want to know your thoughts, first and foremost, is that my personal theory is that the reason why it's coming to Xbox first for voice is because Xbox was always leading the charge with PC and Xbox crossplay. It just seems like there were probably less barriers, less cultural changes, less fears when it comes to those kind of integrations. Uh, this harpens back to any interaction that I've had in the past with Japanese companies that are just like, okay, let's, we're not saying no, we're saying, you know, like maybe take me out to dinner and buy me a lot of wine first before we really start to open up this API. Uh, and this integration. So I think it's just a matter of time before PlayStation gets it. I don't actually find it too strange that Xbox gets it first. I think when you look at Minecraft, when you look at like Destiny, when you look at like Halo, when you look at all of these games that are becoming more and more cross-play, it seems that people are using Discord anyway, and this is just going to make it easier for people to connect as opposed to like, oh, you're on what chat app? Oh, you're on, you know, because right now, like if I was, chatting with people on xbox i either have to use the built-in pc stuff or i have to hop on my phone which i do when i'm actually downstairs i actually got on my phone on the xbox app to talk to my xbox friends but then yet i still have the discord option and you know playstation is still separate so while the games are getting closer there's still some um console barriers that have to be broken down but that's essentially kind of the story and then what ends up happening is that people started speculating online about what they want to see PlayStation do beyond voice, like in the idea of tournaments and other features that could enhance the community experience uh, across these uh, these platforms. But that's that's the story. That's what we know. I find this fascinating, and I'm excited to see this finally start to move forward. But I, but not everybody's going to be happy because this is the age of the internet. So I don't know if you guys are happy about this or concerned about this. But I, I leave the, I leave the floor up to you guys. I I like the the fact that look, I've been getting more and more as a content creator. I really do like Discord, right? I I use it every day. This is where my stories get. This is where our community talks to when I'm not streaming. We constantly use it. So I really like what Discord is. The problem I see with, with Discord is, like, if you're using game chat, most people in games, you already get frustrated if you're on PlayStation or you're on Xbox and you're like, all of a sudden, no one's using game chat because you're usually in their Xbox party or they're in their PlayStation, like, group, right? And that and that's what happens there. Now this is yet another another variant of they're not inside the game talking in the chat right in a, in a communicative game let's say you're playing i don't know um uh, hell at loose or battlefield or call of duty and you're trying to communicate with randos inside the game they're no longer in the chat because now two people in the squad are in a group and now they're in their xbox party or playstation and now two people are in their like discord and i read that you can switch um uh, from the xbox chat or xbox group to the discord chat but i just feel like this is just I feel like when you go to McDonald's, there's just too much stuff on the menu. You know what I mean? Like to, to, to pick from and choose, you, you really just want to, hey, I just want a hamburger, but there's 15 different types of hamburgers and it, it makes it all complicated. I feel like this is just get another thing that they throw in, which I do like Discord, but how the integration is going to work as far as now someone's in Discord, two people are in Xbox party chat, there's cross play. Is it going to work? I mean, we still have games that can't get matchmaking 
properly uh, in, 20, <laughs> in, in 2022. So I don't. It's I don't so know. weird on that I, note. Just that's I, a topic in of itself. But go ahead. Right. I don't know how this voice chat's going to work properly uh, cross generation with uh, PlayStation, Xbox, or Discord and PC. And I just know. I don't know. There used to be TeamSpeak. There used to be uh, what was the other one? Uh, there was another. I know what you're talking about, but I can't. It's not coming to mind. Roger, uh, Wilco? speaking. No, there was a, there was another one. I forget what it was. There was team speaking. There was something else. And there was like the two two go to now. Now everyone uses Discord for oh, the most way, part. Way back in the day, I used Roger Wilco for Quake. I didn't know you know that was a thing. Yeah, I didn't know that's that. Real, that's really old. You're Ventrello, old. thank you, chat. Ventrello from chat. That's. I was like, gosh darn it, what is that name? Chat is yeah. Uh, it's the answer. It's like Google. You ask chat, right? Um, so I don't know. I, I I do like it. I'm interested. I, I do like the fact that if you can integrate everything from your Xbox into your Discord, then cool. But I, I still believe that there's going to be this like um, pull where like, hey, why is this guy in chat? Oh, he's in Discord. Hold on. Let me go to Discord. Let me change over to Discord. Hey, uh, we're we're in an Xbox party. Oh, no, come over here. All right, let's go. Oh, but but Taylor doesn't have Discord. And now, you know, how are we going to talk to Taylor? You know what I mean? Like, I still think this is just another loop to jump through. What do you what do you think, Lona? It, it seems like, to me, it's a great solution for people that are already using Discord, and it, it is mm-hmm. a little convoluted, but once you get it down, the steps aren't too bad. You actually start the call on your phone, you like use the mobile app, and then you do you do a transfer. You like transfer the call to your Xbox. So it's kind of cool that they let you do that, and then bloop, like it just shows up. And the interface and the overlay is nice. You can adjust people's individual volume. Like it actually yeah. looks really nice because you know you always have that guy that's way too loud and he's yelling at his mom, you know, for more you know hot pockets. Yeah. And, more hot pockets, mom. Meatloaf, mom. Meatloaf. Yeah, and so it's a nice feature there. I do think the the strangeness of it would probably be that if you don't have it. How on earth are you going to learn about this? It's not an app that you can like go get in the Xbox Store and like quick smooth integration. Pick a, you know pick a username, make an account, get in your buddy server, whatever. It seems like a solution for the people that are already using Discord, which Microsoft must see potential there. They wouldn't have yeah. done this if they didn't see like, oh wow, Discord's got a good footprint, a good user base. I mean, we really love using it. We're constantly saying like, listen. This is literally the best way to be plugged in and involved. Like, you won't miss out on anything if you're in Discord. YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all these platforms are notorious for deciding what you should know about. Like, hey, I follow this guy and love his stuff. And they're like, yeah, but but we don't think you love him quite as much as you do. So we're not going to show you everything he's doing. So this is a great way and a great tool for community building. As far as the Sony thing is concerned, there's some weird theories forming that, like, Sony could potentially be wanting to build some sort of a streaming platform for tournaments and other stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love it, but at the same time, I gotta think that the streaming game is pretty much up at this point. Facebook's bowing out. They're, they're completely bowing out. All that money they committed, and they seem to be completely bowing out. All the Facebook yep. streamers are leaving Facebook. So it's coming down to two, to the two dogs, right? The two dogs in the, left on the field. It's, it's Twitch and it's YouTube. I just yeah. I can't see another company being like, well, we're we're going to step in here. The only other company that's going to make a run here, and it's because of their absolute massive growth size, and they have the generational shift in their corner. Holy moly! TikTok, is TikTok, TikTok. That's actually what Facebook is doing, though. Yeah, 
their Facebook is like changing their home page to be and reflect that of TikTok and have that that same kind of approach, which in my mind is like five, six years too late. It's it's so interesting to see them, you know, where how they yeah. started and then now they're just continually trying to play catch up both on the streaming and the video and now they're going with the TikTok uh, kind of approach for the platform. This is why I love YouTube. I do. I, I know yeah. I'm biased because I'm over here, but like they're able to, <laughs> they're able to integrate content funnels into their platform. They just need to make them a little bit better. But shorts, shorts do incredibly well. Some of these guys are killing the shorts game. They get great viewership on their shorts. Uh, what's his name? Big Big Brad Energy. That guy's great. He's super hilarious. I see him on TikTok, but his shorts crush on YouTube. Great content creator. And they're able to integrate those things in. They need to better integrate live. They do. But TikTok's the only other platform I think that could make a run for the money of going going for gaming streaming. They really want to they, they want to dig in there. Right now, it's just a bunch of ASMR streamers and uh, people using TikTok to funnel people to their OnlyFans, mostly. Uh, but that's <laughs> that's borrowing from the Twitch playbook, honestly, if you think about some of the streamers that are kind of blowing up of there doing similar things. I can't see Sony wanting to enter that landscape. Like if, it just seems incredibly risky. I think yeah. Sony is going for full app integration. That's what I think is happening. I think that's why they're wanting mm-hmm. to, to be involved here. I don't think the streaming platform theory, I don't think it has a lot of legs. If you look at the market, how how tough it has been for companies to enter the streaming market, it needs to be organic. Honestly, that's why TikTok has done so well, is they just... They jumped into the short-form content field because these dumb dumbs shut down Vine, and then it took off organically, and they said, let's try live streams. Let's see how it goes, and it took off. It's doing well, and yeah. I think that's the ticket. I don't think you want to enter this landscape like Mixer did or like Facebook did and see, well, let's just throw money at it, right? That'll right. do it. Yeah. No, no, it didn't work. For two no, platforms with tons of money in deep pockets, it didn't work. Yeah, Discord has has a community. Discord has a massive amount of um, space, so it is in and of itself like a really strong platform. And these consoles integrating between PC, uh, ha- I think, has a lot of strength potentially if executed right. One of the things I I've always wanted, especially in like the Xbox Party Chat feature, is the is what Discord has is just kind of this community. Like, hey guys the just join in this is who's approved to be able to be a part of this channel and so you could always kind of predefine that and have and have that as a controlled experience right now especially when we start talking about permissions we start talking about streaming i don't know if you guys have run into this but uh people will follow me on xbox and i'll be playing with uh you know my friends or like you know and and a different like it could be a wide range of people my you know kids could be on chat and I have to now set everything to be like invite only. So it ends up adding, I've already got this extra problem of this extra hoop to jump through because I don't want just somebody randomly joining me. And it's it's fine that people follow me. I'm not upset, but now I, I have to go and say, okay, I'm, I'm not doing something where if you guys just pop in to say hi, that I'm, I'm, a, I'm you know, then, that I'm available. So we might be playing with a group and some, we were always having these people come in and be like, oh, I like your content. And it's always a good thing, but like generally speaking, sometimes from my friends who don't make content, who aren't in the public space, like they were always kind of feeling like, oh man, we can't hang out. We can't really talk about, can't joke about certain things anymore. Cause like, you know, we might get Brian in trouble and we weren't even talking about bad things, but they were just like in the back of their mind, like all of a sudden, I don't know who's on this chat, 
And so the idea from the the Discord and the community side of it is like, it'd be really cool to like, guys, like we're already here. Here are the permissions. Here's who's allowed to join. You know, here's the, you know, you can end up defining that. Because in Discord, when I stream and create content, if I feel like hanging out with the community, I have a room where anybody can join in. And that's essentially just easy. I don't, it's handled. I'm not having to invite people. It takes a lot less work for me to enjoy. So I have a lot of hope that this could be a really good and strong future, especially as content creation uh, has become a bigger part of the space. And when you start looking at, like you said, Discord, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, you know, like all of these other different kind of platforms competing, I, I think actually Discord it would have the better shot because Discord already actually supports streaming. It just mm. doesn't do it in a public way, right? So right. they already have a community that all of a sudden it's like, oh, you can follow it. Like, here's my Discord stream or whatever. But uh, that's a, that's a bigger topic for a whole other like <laughs> speculation day. Don't don't you find it weird though that Discord said they they wanted to sell for like seven point five, and then Microsoft offered them twelve, and then Sony offered them less, and they're like, yeah, we'll take it. And it's like I don't. I mean, I know the different levels of control. No, I understand that, but what is why? Why do you think Discord? Like, what is Discord trying to do? Why would they say no to five billion dollars extra? Right, that's not chump change. You know what I mean? And then mm -hmm. go with the lesser to go with uh, Sony, where in the future, just looking at what the future of Sony is, obviously they have their um, their their uh, Game Pass competitor, the the PlayStation Plus type of thing that they're doing, mm -hmm. right? But Game Pass is going to be a much bigger thing because it's already on two platforms, right? It's on PC and it's on, and I understand PlayStation is doing the same thing, but now Xbox has got the uh, the app on billions of devices. They have mm -hmm. the Samsung televisions. That supposedly there's going to be like a dongle, like the Google app or the Google uh, Stick or Fire Stick that you're going to be able to put on uh, back of any television to get the the Game Pass. I just feel like why would Discord try to get in bed with either of these companies? Uh, and not just work with both of them instead of the, the future of gaming is in these walled off gardens that we had all the way leading up to now. I know, uh, but people, why choose why choose one over the other is what I'm saying because they didn't fully commit. Like it's they're you know they're the po they're polyamorous in this regard because they were with Xbox and they were with uh, PlayStation. They took uh, PlayStation didn't buy them outright. They just right bought, bought a, a large investment. Right, right, a large investment as opposed mm -hmm. to Microsoft owning that space. Mm -hmm. And I think Discord looks at the playing field and says, we actually are in a better position than we thought and we wanted to be because mm -hmm. they clearly see this. And Microsoft obviously saw the interest, but Microsoft wanted them for the volume of people that they represent, for the potential social piece that they couldn't get Mixer to do. You know, like mm -hmm. they see like, hey, there's already a community here uh, and there's some strength here. Let's look at and and owning that space. And then essentially, I think they just kind of look at it and say, no, I think they 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 value themselves higher than that now, based off of the level of engagement tools and features. And then what it ends up being is they they want a little bit more flexibility and freedom. Because at the end of the day, like if somebody said like you can get an extra billion dollars, I'm sorry, like that's such ridiculous money that all of a sudden you're like, all right, like wait a minute, do I want more freedom? Or do I really care about an, a couple of five extra billion dollars at that point? Like, you know, there, there are more things important than that, that level of wealth, right? Like there's a level of wealth that you need to have a, a decent life. And then sometime after that, you're like, what the hell am I doing? You know, look at what what's the guy who created Minecraft. Like he's, he's an absolute Notch. billionaire notch. And it's like, isn't it like I saw some kind of report and I could have just, I could be misremembering it, but it's just like how he's just kind of just miserable and, 
Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, it's like, I'm like, I, my thought is like, go make another game, dude. Like, go find what you love, you know? But like, yeah. money is four billion dollars. He doesn't have to do anything. <laughs> right. Well, and isn't and isn't that in and of itself? Could that not be a yeah. curse? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Like, we're all we're all hustlers here. We all like. It's like you tell me somebody gives you a lot of money. Like it's something you might take. A, like I might take a month off and just kind of like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a nap. But then it's like, all right, what am I doing next? Like I'm kind of like now I'm just itching to do something. But that's maybe that's just me. We do need to add some 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 of the value context here as well. Like. As of March, Discord has 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 a valuation of fifteen billion. So yeah. I think they realized their worth a couple of years ago because Twitch tried to buy them, and they said no, and they are probably very thankful that they said no because Discord bought that other. I'm sorry, Twitch bought that other company and turned it into that Twitch app. You remember the desktop? <laughs> you remember yeah. the desktop app? They yeah, shut they, they shuttered yeah. that. They shuttered it and. I think that was smart. Same thing happened with Skype. Like Microsoft bought Skype and Skype's garbage now. Like as soon as a big company integrates and grabs you, you, you kind of turn sour to a certain extent. And now they're in this position to be a market wide solution. And I think 2020 helped them. Honestly. Oh, sure. The pandemic 100% helped yeah. them. Yeah. Cause Zoom, Zoom exploded to the point that they almost, dis- they'd almost destroyed them. Like, I think the popularity increase for Zoom almost destroyed them. But I think Discord, I think Discord was on a great trajectory and 2020 put, put jet fuel in the tank. And so they're in a fantastic position now. They're in the position of power. Like, Sony bought some shares, basically. Like, <laughs> Discord was like, well, yeah, I mean, you can buy some shares, but, like, we're valued at yeah. $15 billion. Do you want to buy us? Truth be told, Sony couldn't. They couldn't. Like, they, if they wanted to right now, they wouldn't have that kind of capital lying around. Like, they could go to yeah. the bank. But, like, last report showed that, like, Sony had maybe another 7 or $8 billion to go do some acquisitions with. So they don't even have enough to acquire discord now microsoft yeah. probably really wanted to microsoft likes to write fat checks we've seen that in the last couple of years but <laughs> discord's I, I i gotta applaud them they're smarter than that they're like nah man we're gonna make way more money not being they, owned by any of you big conglomerates discord was struggling though because they didn't know what to do and how to make money hence why they came up with the nitro and how they try to do different things and nothing really took off hence why they put themselves up for sale for 7.5 billion dollars and then all of a sudden had a change of heart and was like uh yeah no even though you offered us 12 billion i think we're worth more than that because they have they have some sort of plan in in the future that we just don't see yet like what they're gonna do it's a good place for sony to put money though especially as the like if they put 100 million like as the valuation grows as that you know company grows like that money grows like that's ownership and and we've seen sony have stakes in companies and sell those stakes in companies and buy those stakes in companies the rumor right now obviously sony looking to maybe buy square enix they actually owned a big chunk of square enix at some point not the whole thing and at some point they actually sold off that those those shares as well so like at the end of the day like honestly in this market in this economy anything is possible guys like next week we could all be freaking out over like the next big acquisition or the next shuttering of a of a uh, like a company etc because it's like anything is truly possible as we just continue to barrel forward into the 20s of this generation and you know millennia <laughs> yeah yeah and and on on that subject of like sony and buyouts i mean at the this wasn't planned but ub i think ub's getting ready to be bought because they just canceled and delayed a bunch of stuff. I think they were already getting marching orders. Like, cause it's like, well, Sony couldn't afford discord, but I think, I think Sony has their eyes 
on Yubi. And as far as Sony and Discord go, I, I think whatever money Sony gave them, I think it's I think it's for full app integration. I think they're going for some full app integration. I don't think if they go the streaming route, I'll be really excited that there'll be another platform out there to maybe try out making some content for and seeing how it goes. But I don't know. I think that I think that live streaming market is just is just tough to break into right now. I do. Do you think Sony would do something dumb like uh, you can get integration with Discord, but you have to be part of the PlayStation Plus? I could see them potentially maybe giving you certain features inside of Discord that are specific to premium and, and, and the higher tiers. I think they would probably do that. Be like, hey, we'll throw in Nitro for all premium members or whatever. Mm. Um, something like that. I think that'd be pretty smart because then it would just... The more they enhance that premium tier, the better it is. Like, the fact... Downloading a trial is just... I, <laughs> I don't think people have fully realized what that's going to do to the market, you know, over a couple of years. When going, being able to go to the Sony storefront and have just any game that's over $35, I can play it for a couple of hours. I just, that is going to be such a huge value to people. That being able to have that protection as a consumer and that the, 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 the price point of premium is so reasonable for somebody who's regularly buying games. So I, I, I think, man, they throw in something else and it's attached to Discord. That's huge. That'd be great to have those perks. In the realm of Sony and, you know, Microsoft and buyouts and when companies get bought, as we said, you know, sometimes a company gets bought. Like, what was the company that Twitch bought? Was it called Scarce or something? I forget their name now. It's Curse. They They bought Curse, yeah. Curse, that's what it was. So they, you know, they bought them, pretty much ruined that, shuttered that. Microsoft bought Skype. Skype's pretty bad now. <laughs> um, Microsoft also is in the business of acquiring developers. And I actually think Microsoft is bad for game developers. That's kind of my theory. That's kind of my opinion now. Mm. And if you look at the history of what's been happening with their company and the, and the companies that they have purchased, I think a pattern is emerging. And I think that pattern is very worrisome for anybody who hopes that the Xbox game division of Microsoft sticks around and what I essentially argued this week is if you look at the history of the contract policy at Microsoft this is company wide not just for the gaming division they got caught sort of miscategorizing employees it was like late 90s early 2000s they were miscategorizing employees so they didn't have to pay them benefits and they got sued and around that time they decided and said well okay we're going to make it a company wide policy that contracted employees cannot exceed 18 months so they don't have to pay them benefits. It's just typical big corporate money-making decision that's bad for anybody who's on a contracted uh, employee basis. Now, this affects their gaming companies. So Schreier, Jason Schreier, indicated that people that worked at 343 said things like roughly half the staff was on contract and the 18 months attrition of employees constantly basically leaving every 18 months was terribly disruptive to the company. They were essentially working on three or four different games. This is at 343, by the way. So 343 is working on Halo Infinite. They're essentially creating three or four different games. 18-month attrition is incredibly disruptive to the creative process. According to other reports and leaks, Halo Infinite was in crisis mode early 2019. They bring in Joseph Staten. Microsoft puts pressure on 343, says they need that game out in November of 2021. I'm sorry, 2020. And they're like, it's not possible. It gets delayed to 2021. So the more I've looked at this, the more I've thought 343 
has progressively struggled to get the product out the door in a good shape. If you look at their history with Halo 4, Halo 5, and now Infinite, Infinite has things about it that are better than Halo 5 and 4, but it also launched in very, very terrible state. It it practically barely launched, if we're we're serious, and I don't know if Halo 4 or 5 had a year-long delay when they launched. I'd still call this a beta. Like, I would call year one of Infinite. Like, you label it a beta, and my... My temperature and frustration with the game just drops. Like, I'm like, it's just a beta. It's just a beta. It's not a beta, but it's still a beta. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so my theory is that that 18 month contract policy is going to be terrible for any game company coming under Microsoft. This is concerning for Bethesda. This is concerning for every single company that is underneath Blizzard Activision. Like, if that acquisition goes through and all those companies have to come under this the way that 343 has. I'm worried about a, a trajectory of degradation, disruption, and bad games coming out of all these companies that Microsoft's hoping to leverage for Game Pass. Do you think this theory has any merit? And do you think that 343, like, do you disagree? Like, is 343 more to blame for this game? Or, because I'm just seeing a pattern emerging. There's other game companies right now under Microsoft, and we're seeing similar reports about they're confused, they don't know what's going on, the project's being mismanaged. Why are all these companies being mismanaged underneath this ownership? It seems like there could be an underlying cause. Mike, what do you think? Or go ahead, Ginger, actually. No, uh, Mike. Uh, no, no. Me, you, you, me. The bigger the ship, the harder to steer it. Uh, when it comes down to it, it's a growing pain thing. One of the things I've often remarked, especially having worked in the industry, is that, uh, you know, like whenever you bring on more resources to a project that's already late, you're only going to delay it more. Uh, you have to look at it. And uh, within the realm of development, there are so many things that can always go wrong. So, like, look at these acquisitions. It, it's going to take time. There's going to be growing pains because they have to create that organizational structure. They also have, you're right, like the parent company, Microsoft. There's probably policies and procedures that are company-wide that maybe don't actually apply to this group in this division. And so they're going to have to kind of think through that. As a, you know, monolith company... Uh, they're like they have to they'll have to figure this out and i think it's just going to end up taking time i think there's going to be plenty of stories about people being frustrated because like there's obviously like a you know they're like they're bigger you know you're going to get more people more stories more issues uh does this bode well i think they could figure it out i think they've got enough money and they can they can bring in the talent to help kind of start to steer this i think phil in and of itself he's got a lot of skills and a lot of talents that is leading Microsoft into this vision. Um, but when you start to look at the onboarding and like the policy, especially with 18 months, like that does fall on on him and on on the leadership of Microsoft to say like, well, what's why is it just these 18 month contracts? Just hire them. Like y'all are putting so much money into this and not just in Halo. Like you want to sit here and, and see them like actually deliver really good games. Uh, and so I think essentially with Halo, like, yeah, like that, that there's no, like you, and when that happens, you want to, you want somebody to own it. We messed it up, you know, we're trying to fix it. And then hopefully going forward, they're able to establish, uh, you know, in a way kind of the siloed system of all their talent and developers and more, uh, in a way that is a, you know, a system that actually starts to really produce for them these really great games, because that is what game pass requires. It requires a constant flow of content so that they can actually have people who are subscribed. And the rumor that I hear right now is they might be even shopping into trying to pick up Netflix, especially as their price has been dropping. But like at some point, like (laughs) 
I don't envy that that deli- that that delivery. It's it's great to have the money and the backing, but you gotta start putting the right people in the places so that they can actually deliver the vision uh, and deliver it on uh, on time. Because I've stated this, I, I see this happening a lot, and I don't think a lot of gamers truly understand it. But whenever you start talking about a project that goes beyond three years, like, have you, like, just think about the longest time you've worked at a job. There's a time range in that. As that goes with development, like, if you start going beyond three years, there, that your attrition, your retention rate uh, is going to continue to to increase. You're going to struggle to be able to keep that, that talent because, they might want to go work and do something else. They might want to go like <laughs> visit family. They're going to get sick. They're going to have real life emergency. Like these aren't these aren't bots. These are human beings. And you know, over the course of five years, you're going to run into some hardships. And when you start seeing these games take five, six, and seven years, like that's a human resource struggle. That's a struggle that they're going to have and they're going to have to go through. So um, they're going to have to figure out how to tighten that ship and start delivering within the span where you can afford that that person that was leading that feature has left and now you got to pick up the pieces and have people who can actually uh, understand and take it and exactly just like cyberpunk uh, just like cyberpunk like like the theory when i see gamers talk about like oh man they put seven to ten years into this game it's gonna be really good it's like no it's actually that's a bad sign that's like that's the worst possible sign you're, what you're talking about right now, I, I, I'm I going to put a pin in it because yeah. I want to touch more on that because that's more of my conversation for my topic that I have yeah. okay. because of, of that, because the games of service and stuff. But <clears throat> as far as what Microsoft, when I heard Phil Spencer and Microsoft say that uh, Halo Infinite, it's not going to make or break the franchise, I was just like, what, what do you mean? Like, if you grab a box of Xbox, Master Chief is on that box, right? Like, that's that's the Mario of Xbox. That's what started Xbox. And for them to say that it was not going to make or break, I was like, that is very telling of what the future of Xbox beholds of for Game Pass, right? Because they're not in it to sell the Mario games. They're not there to sell the, the this is our mascot and we're selling a game. They already know that that's going to sell. There's been five games and it doesn't matter what they come out with. They're it's not going to make or break the franchise, right? There's going to be defenders that just love Halo, right? We've all been streaming and said something bad about Halo, and then all the Halo people come in and be like, how dare you talk bad about Master Chief, right? Yeah. Um, you can see the people to even defend the TV show. Like, that's what it is, right? That is what Master Chief and what Halo is for Microsoft. So what Lodo brings up, the point of diminishing and being lower quality games also brings into what game pass is now i'm not saying game pass is crap games obviously there's wonderful games on there Mm -hmm. and i partake in game pass all the time it is the greatest value in video games right now uh uh, bar none right you can't you can't you can't fight that it's not a great value because it is a good value right but there are games on there lots of independent uh developers that are bringing games on there and then there's triple a games that should take three to five years to make but they only work on it for a year and a half to two years then they launch it okay and then they take the next three years to fix it to finish it to adapt it to see who what likes what who likes you know what what they should uh focus on okay there's been so many games that have had multiple modes in the game and then all of a sudden they 
pick one out and only focus on the one because that's what the customers want. So Microsoft doing this 343, I, I don't think 343 is just scaving away with they're not the problem either, right? I think 343's best game that they've created is still Bungie's worst, right, as far as a Halo goes, right? The best Halo that 343's made is still below the lowest quality of what Bungie made for Halo, in my opinion. And that's just the way it is. That's the, the original people that created Halo compared to the people that are making it. And I, I think sometimes that the company who got the job doesn't always have the best people. So they're doing what they're told because that's the job they're doing. And Microsoft their words not mine is hands off as far as when it comes to buying the companies letting them do what they do and if they need money or they need something they'll they'll help them out what they can do but all the companies themselves have it, it works from the top down i don't think it's microsoft down to 343 i think it's the upper management of 343 mismanaging their employees mismanaging the time and stuff like that as far as what they put out because i bring it up all the time everyone's like well halo it'll get better it was supposed to come out day one when the system launched it was delayed a year, and now we're, what, seven, eight months after launch? So technically 18 mm -hmm. months after the game was supposed to come out, and we're still waiting for co-op. We're still waiting for features that should have been in the yeah. game since day one. And I don't think you can blame Microsoft for that. I think you can blame Microsoft for not pushing hard enough on 343 going, hey, get your crap together, would you? Because yeah. this is our flagship game, and we don't have the game coming out for the flagship title for the for the system and now it's a year late and now it's still it's still struggling so i i i don't think microsoft is 100 percent to blame i think 343 is more more to blame uh on this end and as far as the 18 months i work in the film industry worked in the film industry for 20 years when you work for studios they don't hire you full-time because they don't want to pay you the benefits they don't want right. to pay you the stuff you're you're an outside contractor you're you know 1099 you're you're uh you're a contract work so you'll work on a, on a gig for three days three weeks three months six months whatever it is and then you're gone and then they'll hire you again the next week to to bring you back in to do this stuff same thing goes with the with the devs i i know lots of devs i went to full sale uh when we graduated many of my friends work in major major companies high up and uh they tell me horror stories they tell me how the companies work and and, and whatnot so that's it life, is. though. Like, it's every time somebody talks about like some kind of like ideal, like, oh man, oh, there's so much training, there's so much vet. Like, I was like, I, I, as soon as you step into that boardroom, you're going to be offended. Yeah. Like, you're going to get your ass handed to you, and then you're going to go figure out how to how to how to make it do make it make it work. And it's like it is just it is a, 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 the the world of how people envision uh you know that it's just it's always so divorced. That's why when people dog on on the devs, I'm like these guys. Are making less money working crazy hours right. because they want to make these games great and you're giving them like a you know you're giving them just so much crap over a 0.5 percent you know difference in one stat over the other like it's like oh man just give these like give the give the workers the break but i do agree with you 100 on the 343 leadership piece uh namely because also it feels like why are they continuing to shove tv down my throat like right. I'm all fine for Halo, like as a TV project and everything like that. Got no issue with it, but deliver a great game first, right? Like if they were able to sit here and if, if an infinite launch with fully featured, just crushing, and then they're like, "Hey, now we got the Halo TV show, great!" But it's like felt like even since 2013, there's this remnant of like Xbox One, like TV, 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 and that was like the whole joke with the Xbox One. And I felt like Halo, in a way, has suffered because of 
that original vision. And some of those people are still in leadership positions at 343 and maybe maybe what they need maybe the guy you know the, the fact that they brought him back in maybe ultimately giving him enough time because there's no way him coming in in the in the 11th hour was going to be able to do it but i think right. infinite has the possibility but you got to put the right people with the right passion in place and then get the hell out of the way and let them make their art you know see but, i i think that it, it's it's a the ship has sailed right because they had the time before the before launch your launch time is supposed to be what it sells the person the game right like this is the game this is out it's out and now it's not that it's like hey we have a game coming and the game comes out and they're like and we're still working on it and we're we're listening we're listening yeah. we're gonna fix it we're gonna do this stuff uh real quick to for to eugene's point I, di I didn't miss a key aspect i was talking about the film industry as far as uh when they let you go and then and hire you back as far as the video game industry goes with that particular contract of 18 months the higher management's still there and they keep bringing in people and they just keep rotating them through. I was a game tester for EA, for Tiburon Studios, and they, it was burn and turn, baby. You came in, you you got out, burn out. And as to, to speak of Ginger, what he was talking about as far as artists are artists. People get into the video game space because they are artists, just like a painter, right? Just like anybody else that's doing something. And once they're done with that piece of art, they like to hang it on the wall and sit back and look at it and see if someone purchases that, that, that piece of art. With games now... The, the pieces of art, they're getting burnt out because the game is not done at launch anymore. It's that's that's sort of like if we're speaking to uh, live service games or we're speaking mm -hmm. to gamer sh shooters, that's the soft cap, right? Launch day for the developers is soft cap. And now to get to hard cap, to get to end game status, they have to work another two years, three years on a project and keeping it going. And at that point, these guys are like, I'm I'm just done putting the 60. They told me crunch time was only going to be three weeks. Then it turned to three months. Then it turned to six months. Then it turned into a year because they're just constantly chasing uh, their 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 flaws and they have to cut off things in the as an example in the film industry if you're on schedule you get three pages a day you're doing scenes if you miss one thing to go over the next day it's, it gets pushed so now your three days pages are now well we have to cut down some pages off the next day's shoot uh well we missed that well we have to cut that whole scene out now right this is what happens in, in construction if you're off by an inch you're off by three feet by the end right that's that's the way it works you're, you're chasing your tail you're chasing uh trying to make up for something and they can't and they can't they're they're, they're biting off too much as they chew the only thing I'll disagree with you on, and I don't want to get let, let Lona speak, but the only thing I disagree with you on is that uh, that game, like oh, that they're done, like it's like that Halo. Oh, they launched, they had their chance. Uh, that that is a like a very vocal minority uh, population of gaming. Uh, when you look at the real numbers, gamers will be pissed, but then when the update hits and it's good and people are playing and talking about it, social media shows that essentially they come back. The uh, like it, you know, it, it's a lot of all bark no bite, you know, kind of mindset with gamers. With all due respect. Uh, to people who feel that way in that emotional moment, uh, the data shows that it like the MVP model is what ends up working. It sucks. I'm not defending it. I'm just saying that the mindset of like, I'm never going to play that game. Okay. You know, never so long time. And they've got billions of dollars and they'll keep doing whatever they're doing. So the model in and of itself kind of like, yeah. And even the drama almost helps it out because you've even seen people be so pissed off at a game that everybody goes and plays it. And then, then they've already purchased it or they're already kind of like eaten in. I wish it wasn't the, that way, but when somebody says like, you know, like, no, Halo in and of itself, like this game might not be the be-all pinnacle, but people will still get excited about the next game. And I think WoW Dragonflight proves that, you know, like it's like with these long established games that have some kind of nostalgic history, 
but that's just my thought Lona you look like you're you want to weigh in yeah on what you were just talking about I think the MVP model is actually working less often than it used to I do I think it's easier to get a look under the under the hood of a game through YouTube and streaming and I think that the word spreads a little bit faster I think there are exceptions to that rule I think certain games have their comeback moment and they're they're able to put everything kind of back together No Man's Sky was able to do that and then Final Fantasy had their big thing so much so that they had to stop selling the expansion and then you know WoW's having its moment so I would say that it can happen but I, I do think number one a lot of the examples we just gave outside of No Man's Sky they're like long standing franchises but mm-hmm. I think when you look at like Cyberpunk and what it did to CD Projekt Red's valuation and how much they've oh, yeah. lost, it's I and Anthem and some others. I actually think it's it's not working that well. I think in times past they got away with it. I think it was harder for people. There wasn't a refund culture like we have on Steam now. There was no real protections for the consumer. So I think it's I think games kind of bouncing back from the failed MVP thing is is not happening nearly as much and on the subject of the contracts thing at Microsoft, I think the reason Eugene brought up the six-month thing is I left this part out of the policy. After the 18 months, you can't go back and work on that project or for that company for six months. So oftentimes what they do is they end up going on unemployment and then coming back six months later. So they kind of stall that person out. Like Like, they either go work somewhere else for half a year which that's going to be not not great either or they sit around in a holding pattern waiting to come back and work on that project so you it's called knowledge loss i think is what somebody was saying it is like you yeah. lose that person's knowledge and their expertise cuz sure. like when you're working on a project it's great to be like hey dave what was that thing that we were doing the other day or where did you put that like just that ability is just evaporating from the room every 18 months so and the thing we need to remember is that contract work in the gaming world is not abnormal. That is something we need to say. This isn't something unique to Microsoft. Many companies Mm -hmm. contract, and typically the largest portion of contracted work that we've seen lately seems to be QA, uh, quality assurance, the testing. And that Mm -hmm. got so bad that the guys at Raven unionized. They were like, listen, we're not even getting livable wage. They're they're asking for $45,000. That's for full-time work. And uh, <laughs> that's what they asked for. Like, they had to unionize to ask for $45,000 salary. I want you to think about that. This is the gaming industry. And that's, and that's what they unionized for. One of the and things. That's not, and that's not even going to work because, uh, again, I'll take my experience on, the, on a film set. Like, I, I was in the union. I, I was local 600 in the film industry. I was a camera union. And uh, a, a motion picture on a certain budget, when it is union, they only need 30%. Right. So if you have 10 people working on the set, only three people need to be a, a part of the union. OK, so I don't know how it's going to work with the video game industry as far as QA testers. But the people that are unionizing, they're like, oh, we only need a certain percentage. There's still going to be people that are just burn and turn. Come in, get your get your minimum wage, no benefits, all the stuff just to make your break to see if you can get into the industry. Right. That's that's the way it is. That's the beast. That's the way the beast is. And and. Uh, cred or CR3D is bringing some some insight here. A lot of the times you're on NDA, so you can't even talk about what you worked on. Like you can't right. even say, "Oh, I worked on this or worked on that." We we this this happened recently uh, with the company that was basically not allowing people to say that they had worked on the cute the, the quality assurance company that worked on Cyberpunk. 
they basically told their employees you can't even tell people that you worked on cyberpunk you can't tell people you worked on the witcher 3 dlc like they're not allowed to put it on their their resume or their portfolio so you just have to be like yeah i'm a i'm a this this is what i can do and i have this many years experience but you can't say yeah, here's i can't here's, tell you what i did yeah it's what i worked on you have you know? to play you have to play ad libs you have to be like uh, two word syllable uh, i worked on a uh, is it is it grand theft auto no uh, it, it, yeah, you can't you can't say what you worked on yeah well and 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 sometimes you wouldn't want to say like i don't maybe you no. wouldn't want to say i worked on cyberpunk but you you certainly <laughs> would like to be able to say oh you worked on witcher 3 dlc like holy moly oh wow like you know we we definitely want to get you and it is a common practice, but I just wonder if this common practice in the industry, I feel like they're running out of train track. I do. I feel like this is all coming home to roost right now. Crunch got exposed. Now contracted worker policies are getting exposed as being problematic. Contracted workers are, are, are trying to unionize. QA workers are, are exposing some of the flaws uh, in the in the industry. I, I wonder if we're not done. I, I, it's almost as if we've we've took took down the wallpaper and the plaster and there's all these cracks in the foundation and we're, we're just we're finding new ones almost every month there's a new tell-all there's a new company being exposed i just i wonder if this industry is standing on shaky ground because it's starting to feel that way well the last I think time it's it, go ahead. i was gonna say the last one was on shaky grounds was the early 80s and nintendo saved the industry so yeah, I, I guess I I don't know. I don't think they're on shaky ground. I just think that at the end of the day, a lot of IP, a lot of lot of value. Uh, will we see a dip? We talked about like a, the potential kind of gaming recession here uh, coming up because a lot of the stuff uh, last week. But yeah, I think we might see just a slight decline just because I think over the last two years we've had insane growth. Uh, so if it if there's any of that, I'm I'm not too overly overly concerned itself because uh, we're still going to get great games. But you know, I think essentially like if you actually probably look at it over the course of the entire time we've been gaming there's always just been a handful of games that are just great and there's just been these other games that are you know what eh, needs some you know okay um but you know the industry will, will continue on and as long as we got people who are really wanting and passionate to create and we have people who are willing to fund that that dream and we have the ability to make profit i think the industry will be fine i yeah i, I go, go ahead, ahead mike i was just gonna say i i i agree and disagree with that because even subpar games, right? Because people have, uh, as I call it, goldfish brains, and I'm included with that, right? You, you play <laughs> something and you all of a sudden, you, you're you upset at that game because they did something or they nerfed something or they take something away. And I'm not speaking of a specific game. I'm speaking of all games in the in the, in the industry. And then all of a sudden, you're like, ah, screw them. And then you come back to it and you're like, ah, oh, man, I'm having so much fun. Like, you forget. And I think there's always, uh, my, I have a seven-year-old, right? He's starting to play more games now. So for every person that's like me, grungeon old man that's like mad at the industry, there's a fresh little tissue, right? A fresh seven-year-old that's playing the first racing game of his life and going, this is amazing, right? Like I had pole position and my friend, uh, my, my son has Forza Horizon 5 and all the other mm. ones, right? It's just amazing. So there's always going to be that replacement, if not two to one ratio of people coming in that are, bright-eyed bushy-tailed of this is amazing i love this this is the coolest thing uh ever and then there's the people that are like oh, i'm just there's me i'll just say it it's me where i'm i'm kind of like mm, okay but my shirt says it today meh just meh <laughs> i was trying to figure out what was below meh i didn't see that it was tasmanian devil i was like yeah, yeah Tas- at, what, 
at one point I thought it was a printer because the way your mic was in the way I was like why is there a printer on his shirt Taz makes more sense um we did talk about this earlier this week I mean people are saying that the pattern with Sony now I I get accused of being a Sony fanboy all the time I kind of don't care anymore because I just I try to deal in what's said and and I have a message you today calling you a Sony fanboy (laughs) <laughs> if I get to send you that message oh, hold on a second let me let me get it yeah you Sony fanboy yeah Sorry. I I got I got taken I got taken through the the bad take cleaners today because we were talking about the last of us remake and I was told I was told by many people today that it's not a remake the because they say so anyways uh we we, we were discussing earlier this week that the issue that I see with Microsoft's approach here is that it's going to take a while for it to pay off. Xbox Game Pass could be significantly better once they start being able to put you know, Bethesda or Blizzard Activision titles on Game Pass. That'll be huge for them. But right now, that virtuous cycle that Sony CEO defended and said, listen, we don't think putting big first-party titles on a subscription service day and date, we don't think that works. We see the virtuous cycle being reinvesting in the companies. I think that's evidenced with the growth and the expansion of studios like Insomniac and Guerrilla, and then look at the games they're creating. Horizon Forbidden West, bigger and better than the last game. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Ragnarok's right around the corner. That's Sony Santa Monica. I don't, wa- I don't know what kind of growth Santa Monica has had, but I'm assuming they, they, they probably have been. I don't know. We'd have to look for reports of that. However, I see that, as it's being said in chat, being very, very winsome and attractive to top talent in the industry. I want to go work at a Sony studio. They hire you. They, those studios are growing. They're reinvesting in the studios. Look at the, look at the games they're making. They're winning awards. I don't, mm-hmm. don't want to work over here. It's an 18-month contract. That's a meat grinder. It's going to spit me out. It's It's... Why am I going to do that? And then what kind of value are you going to get from that? The people that are going to, you're going to get subpar talent because they're the ones that are going to be like, well, I couldn't get hired by the, by the God tier studios. So I'll come over here, I guess. And then Mm -hmm. after they're there for 12 months, how how much do you think they're going to be really committing to the project? They're, they're probably job hunting or considering their options. Cause like, well, I'm out of here in six months. It seems, I think that's, I think that's big. I think that's actually like, that's, if anybody here has a job and they're like, Hey, this is going to dry up. Like you're just going to kind of, you're going to log. You're going to, it's like, I would say from an MMO, you're just raid log and you're not really like invested. You're just kind of like, all right, what else is out there? You're keeping your resume up to date. You're, you know, I, the best thing you could do in that situation is just learn everything you can while you keep your, your LinkedIn and your contacts fired off. You know, like that's six months is, like you're like, like that's like I work uh, 1099. So it's like, it's always like, okay, I got this contract lined up here or I'm running these two contracts here. And then you're always kind of looking at like trying to make sure that in six months and 12, like you got uh, your, your runway, you've got actually like face to move and grow. Yeah. While you're on one job, you're looking for your next job, right? That's, that's the way I used to do it. Yeah. And we did make this point earlier this week. I thought creature, he, he brought this up when he and I were kind of planning the show on the phone. He said, this policy's probably worked for Microsoft up to now because they deal in, in, in OS. They deal in an operating system, drivers, security protocols, you know, things like that. When you get into the creative realm, this is absolutely destructive and disruptive. Like, you, you, you can't... I made reference to the best album by the Foo Fighters, The Color and the Shape, okay? It's got, it's got My Hero, Everlong, Monkey Wrench, Hey Johnny Park. Amazing album. But if you watch a documentary on it, 
they had trouble keeping drummers and this new guy that they got he wasn't really getting it and Dave wasn't happy Dave Grohl wasn't happy with the drum tracks he re-recorded all of them so when you listen to The Color and the Shape you actually listen to Dave Grohl drum which that's why it's so good right because Dave Grohl's a great drummer and what I talked about was when I said that is if an album of music with 10 or 12 songs on it can be disrupted by not having consistent bandmates what do you think happens to a project the scope and size of Halo Infinite when you're constantly having a significant portion of your staff walking out the door every 18 months? It's di- it's disruptive and destructive, so Microsoft needs yeah. to reconsider this policy for their gaming division. I don't think this will work long term. No. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that's like I think hindering them, especially in that with that policy. That Yeah. And at the concept of Halo, like if you're locking in about like, you know, doing like a couple lot of little mini kind of games, like maybe that that actually works and QA, I guess, kind of. But it, you're letting all like you're just training people for their next job at that point. You know, <laughs> it's like, all right, I got right. this contract. Great. Now I've got resume experience. Yep. One final thing on Halo, and this will be a good this will actually be a really, really good way to, to shift to the final topic is they did lose access to this Russian developer in light of things going on in the world. They lost access to that Russian developer, and that is one of the reasons they've been suffering with content drought, struggling to to, to get maps and things out. And one of the things hurting, I think, Halo Infinite is that six-month-long season. It takes too long. They seem to only want you to log in every day. They seem to want you to only check those boxes. And... Mike was kind of wanting to talk about that. Like he feels like more and more games, they're they're casualifying the game. It's hurting the game. They seem to only want you to kind of do your chores and check in. So talk about that, Mike. Where where you are right now and what you see happening to the games that you you previously loved or even to the the industry that you loved. Yeah. So let me pre-reference this with um, I. This is me personally, right? I'm not saying this is a broad statement to the to gaming industry. What I'm feeling right now in video games is that I'm. I'm depressed. I'm depressed with the way the state of video games is from like when I was a kid. And obviously when you're a kid and when you're an adult, you, you see different spectrums of stuff, right? But when we were growing up, you would get like Mario, right? You would get Zelda, you would get those games and you would play those games for hundreds of hours, right? Because whatever the situation was, you just played that game and you didn't care there was no more content. You didn't care there was, there was no check-ins, there was no level ups. There was just play the game, finish the game, play the game again, see if you can do it faster, stuff like that, right? With games now, we've been we've been um, conditioned to accept these games that um, live service games. If it's Destiny, Division, uh, No Man's Skies, Fallout 76, all, all these games, any game that comes out now uh, tries to not charge you for DLC. They just keep giving you season passes, battle passes, microtransactions, all that stuff. And I, I don't have a gripe with that stuff, but what I have a gripe with is the way the industry is going as far as I am just tired of playing games and i've been playing games literally i'm 44 years old i've been playing games since i was three years old i never had a break i never took a break when i went to college i didn't take a break when i got married or when i had a kid i've just been consistently always playing games played all the games all different types of games but the last five years right I've just looked at the games and nothing holds my attention anymore. It doesn't matter if it's an MMO. doesn't matter if it's a, a Destiny expansion or Warframe or whatever it is, right? It's just, to me, I've noticed that 
every day I, I come in and I'm playing like, let's say Fortnite. I, I get in, I play some Fortnite, uh, get some level ups, do my dailies, do my weeklies, check out the marketplace, whatever. Then I all of a sudden, uh, No Man's Sky comes out with a new update. I'm like, oh, I'm going to jump back into No Man's Sky, jump into No Man's Sky. And now I'm kind of overwhelmed because I haven't played in like three months and they, they added all this new content and I don't know where it's going or what to do. And I'm like, I feel overwhelmed because time is time. No matter what, we've always had the exact same amount of time. We have all these different games and all these games you have to check in, right? It's like doing chores. Like, hey, today, <laughs> yeah. today you're going to take out the garbage. You're going to do the dishwasher. You're going to go walk the dog. See you tomorrow. Take out the trash, do the dishwasher, walk the dog, right? So in games, doesn't matter what it is. doesn't matter if it's Assassin's Creed. doesn't matter if it's uh, multiverses. I'm, I'm enjoying multiverses. It's short. I can play it for like five, 10 minute matches, whatever, play a couple matches and, and, and get off. I feel like gaming is turning into mobile, like mobile gaming. And what I mean by that is in mobile games, when you play a mobile game, you only play for a certain amount of time and you run out of energy or you run out of certain things and you're like, oh, I'll come back in two hours and then you can play again on the, on the mobile device. And now regular video games are becoming the exact same way, but in a different form. You're not waiting for energy. You're waiting for your dailies because every day when you log into Halo, the first couple matches that you do, you get extra XP or, and whatnot. And, and then everything else goes to a small grind and you're like, ah, uh, all right, I'm, I'm kind of done with this. Let me, let me switch games to the next game, right? There's nothing keeping you. Now, I know people are going to be in chat. Well, I play Skyrim still for 11 years. You're the one percenter. Okay. You're the one percenter. Yeah. The, the average, the average gamer nowadays is like a seven-year-old, right? Our brains have been um, conditioned to, Hey, no Man's Sky had an update. Oh, uh, Elder Scrolls Online has an update. Oh, Fortnite just had an update. Oh, uh, Hell at Loose just had an update. Uh, whatever it is, Forza just had an update. Just all these updates, and you go in and you don't play the game for hours and hours and hundreds of hours. You play it for minutes to hours, and you're like, ah, I'm done for the day. I'll, I'm going to go do something else. And I feel like video games is, to me, I'm, I'm just lost right now. I don't know what to play. I'm not excited for anything to come out because yep. games come out. They're not finished, right? In the, in the in the old days, it took two to three years to make a game. Now it takes three to five years, sometimes longer. And there are beautiful games out there like Spider-Man, like God of War, right? Like Horizon, like uh, Ghost of Tsushima, right? There are games that come out that are awesome games that you could put the time into. But we're saturated with these games that are just games of service. Don't really, they're not really finished. Right, they they have these updates. They hear you. They're changing. Uh, they're making changes. They nerf things. They don't respect your time. They're just there to uh, indulge you for that short period of time. Right. This is why microtransactions are in the game now. Because back in the day, hundreds of million people would play a game, and that's who bought the game, and that's how they made their money. Now, there's hundreds of millions of people playing games, but their attention span is so short. And when they come back into a game, they're only playing for maybe like two hours, right? And they're like, well, how do we capitalize? Well, let's give free updates and then let's charge microtransactions. So when you come back in three months from now and then all of a sudden you pay $10 for a skin, you've engaged with that, right? Because now, now you're paying for that game. When you buy a game up front, you pay 60 bucks, but you don't get the full game up front. Not even if it's buggy or broken, you just don't get the full game up front because it's a season pass and they slowly slow drip that content out you paid up front and you so right now and i don't know and i want to hear you guys from like i don't know if it's me because i never took that break where people maybe went to college moved away from home got married had a kid they just stopped playing games and then all of a sudden they're starting to get back into it 
I don't know if I'm at that point in my life at 44 years old where I never took that break and maybe it's time to take that break with video games. Like, cause I'm just not interested in anything. I look at what's coming out and there are some great looking games, but it might not be my cup of tea because I don't like the, the horror genre or I don't like the RPG genre. And I'm just like, eh, I'm kind of over that right now. Cause I've played a lot of them and they're all kind of the same, which is better graphics now. I don't know. What do you guys think about the industry? What do you, what do you think I should do as far as a, as a streamer and a gamer, like, should I take a break? I mean, should, am I overreacting a bit? Like, what, what what's happening here? I think that the... I think you're getting hit from both sides. So, at one level, I do think gamers are harder to impress now. And that's hap- that happens at multiple levels, right? Like, you've played so many shooters, so what's a shooter going to do for you now? You've played so many RPGs, so what's an RPG going to do right. for you now? You can you sort of know where everything's going even before you you start the game. And I I can give an example in movies and TV shows, right? Sometimes they deal in a trope or something you've seen before, so you know what's coming. I was watching uh, Moon Knight with my wife, and this woman's fighting with a guy, and she throws it off the cliff, and she kind of goes with it. And I didn't even need to see the next frame. I'm like, I know she's hanging there. She's going to climb back up. Like, they've done this in every movie, every TV show since the very first time somebody decided to fake you out and make you think that, oh, no, did that person fall? No, they didn't, right? So I saw it coming, and so it it did nothing as a scene for me. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. I think games are starting to do that sometimes. Like, you kind of know what's coming. I think this is one of the reasons that Elden Ring's open world was praised so much, because it started doing things with open world that we hadn't really seen before. But then the further you got into Elden Ring, you would be in a dungeon that felt familiar, or fight a boss that you had seen before, or encounter some open world event or boss that you have already encountered. And so the veneer immediately starts to chip away. You're like, oh yeah, open world game. They have to kind of repeat, use assets, reuse fights, reuse me- you know mechanics, whatever. So I feel like at one side of the situation, the veil's kind of gone. You've, you, you see through it now. The mystique and the mystery is not there anymore. You, you see the gamishness of the game. You see it right. for what it is. On the, on the other end, the game companies are doing some of what you're talking about. They're sort of, they're sort of mobile of like mobile gamifying everything because the grand irony is they want your attention, but they want it in small snippets. So they don't really want your attention. It's like, we want your attention. We want you to pay attention to our game, but only for like small doses. I felt this in fall guys recently, fall guys, battle pass. It's so awful and slow, but it's great (laughs) when you can log in and bag a couple dailies and weeklies all at the same time. But as soon as that bottom falls out and I have no challenges left to do, I'm like, this is too slow. I'm, I'm not interested. And I check out. So what do they do? They conditioned me to, to log in each day right. and to get that hit and then to leave. And so sadly, I think what they're all trying to do is game companies are all trying. And subsequently, what they're doing is, is they're copying what works, which then starts to make it less effective, which is just super ironic, right? He's like, right. Yeah. everybody's doing the battle pass login challenge thing. Fortnite did it. So then everybody starts doing it. Well, then it starts being less effective. So I think you're getting hit from both sides. It's like, it's really, really hard to wow you now. Like I was playing a, the Bright Infinite, uh, Bright Memory Infinite yesterday, and it was actually really cool. It was built by one guy, one and guy. it was yeah. it was awesome. And the things I was doing was was cool, but I just couldn't help but feel like I've kind of played this before. And that's not his fault. It's so no. not his fault. It's we've 
at some level as a human you've experienced so many things that 20 20 or 30 years ago were seemingly impossible you've had so many incredible mind-blowing experiences in gaming what are they going to do next how are they going to how are they going to hit that level of dopamine because like it dopamine's got depreciating returns like this is obviously getting deep into like the psychology of like over consuming media and what it can do to your enjoyment of media but i think Mm -hmm. game devs have a very very tough road ahead because the tiktok generation oh boy when they're the generation that are buying most of the games when all of us are too old buying games they're not going to be buying games right (laughs) well real quick before ginger goes this is what my seven-year-old does right now this is why i think game pass is a great deal because if i had to buy a 60 dollars game every time he said i want that i would be broke right but with game pass the short attention span he plays forza then he plays no man's sky then he goes and plays this and he comes back to and it's it's amazing because i'm just like yeah have fun at it, kid. Like, play as many games as you want. It's like it's like Scrooge McDuck diving into his money pit, right? Yeah. And that's that's what's happening right now with Game Pass. So uh, to kind of weigh in on uh, this, because, like, you brought up a couple of different uh, points. And, I mean, we've kind of talked about the games as a service and, and the, the long development, and that is frustrating. Like, whenever you're like, I wish I want a full experience, I'm, I'm ready for that. And my advice when it comes to that is, is maybe you're just going to be a gamer who should jump on one of those games two to three years after after it's, the it's fact, started, yeah. because yep. then you'll find yourself, I think, in a really good spot, a real enjoyable experience. And there's no point in getting frustrated, especially like repeatedly. Like, when somebody's like constantly like mad about a year one MMO, it's like, well, just stop playing year one MMOs. You know, like you know that you don't like that experience. Just wait. So that like that in and of itself, like. We kind of we could always uh, you know kind of go back and forth on on just the games as a service because I just don't see it going away. I see it only becoming more and more pro- prominent prevalent. That'd be probably the better word uh, in the industry. But when we talk about what you're actually like your root issue, you're on thousand percent right. It's the intrinsic value like reward cycle that is playing on your psychology, and devs have abused it to the point where uh, it is actively hurting games and development what actually like i always kind of stated this especially like when wow introduced it i was like i was like this is going to be a system that works until it doesn't this is going to be a system that's going to come out and people are going to be like and their engagement metrics are going to go through the roof because you're going to be like oh yeah i want to log in i'm going to do this i'm going to get this reward and so they've made those things so valuable that in order to go and have the fun you have to feel like you got to go do all these other things and so the dopamine hit has happened and now essentially players are looking at this and they're fatigued take i love fantasy star online fantasy star online 2 new genesis has this kind of thing and but they are heavily driven off that you log in you get these daily bonuses and you, and, and then you can do whatever you want right well when i can contrast this and i'm again like a big proponent of new world i think they are really doing some really good things i'm actively giving feedback to say don't introduce artificial fomo don't introduce like all these different dailies. The thing I enjoy about that game is I step into that world. And if I run north, the my plan might change, but always in a positive way, because it, it becomes this experience that is just organic and fun. And that actually makes me want to log into that game over Final Fantasy 14. That actively makes me want to log into that game over a game that I have to do these chores in because it's a very peaceful experience so the intrinsic value has been high has been coded and programmed and now gamers are actively getting sickened by it and that absolutely needs to change but how does that change i think that has to be a policy shift in these developers 
to in and excuse me when i say developers i mean the kind of the publisher and the what they're looking for is those those engagements like that that daily active user and it's like okay how do you get your user to engage without essentially kind of making it such a a thing and i was like well i mean the, the solution is just to make a damn good game but these right. games persist over a long period of time and i think essentially what you want to actually look at is that what i see is that they're they're using those metrics and then they're they're creating a hype cycle loop and then many hype cycle loops within the patch and updates and eventually what it is is they'll, they'll get the they, they probably algorithmically and psychologically mapped out the, the maximum amount of value that they're going to get for a player before they burn them out but then they know that with the use of social media, with the use of constant updates, with that, that they're going to bring you back in. But it's going to be up to get to, uh, to gamers to to actively say like, oh, you got, oh, you got dailies? Oh, you got weeklies? Like, I'm not going to play that game. And that's going to be something where you just kind of look at that and you have to actively choose not to engage with it. Same concept when I was playing Final Fantasy. Well, I still play Final Fantasy 14, but I was only like hanging out in my house. And I was like, gosh, this game feels so lonely. Why does this MMO feel so lonely when I feel so connected to something like Guild Wars or something like Final Fantasy XI? And then essentially I was like, oh, I'm going to stop hanging out in this isolated space and I'm just going to go log out in the cities where there's people. And it just improved my overall performance. Same thing with I turned off the minimap in you know Final Fantasy and all of a sudden my, right. my, game, my brain stopped playing efficiently and it started just kind of like looking at the map. Yeah, I did that. And, I did that with Skyrim in the in the in, in the past. Yeah. Yeah. And people and and people were like, oh gosh, how can you turn off the minimap? I'm not saying you have to turn off the minimap. I'm just saying that I noticed that all of a sudden, I really wasn't looking at the game. I was trying to think of the quickest way to do the things that I needed to do, so I could finally get to a point where I could actually start doing the thing I wanted to do. And then I had to make a mental choice to say, screw the things I need to do. I'm going to focus in on just the things I want to do. And I turned off the mini map and it's been wonderful. So there's things you can do to kind of start to like retrain your brain, but there has been a hacking of that. And I think that actually has uh, damaged uh, the like multiple genres uh, because it works until it doesn't. So it will work like, right. you know, oh yeah, I'm going to log in. I'm going to do this because I'm having fun. But then all of a sudden that fun will, I think at some point uh, turn into a resentment and that's something that I hope the developers themselves are actively working on, but because you want that surprise, right? Like what it is, is that it's, uh, here's a guarantee reward, et cetera. Like that's fine, but that works up to a point. And then what what you end up missing out on is that surprise and things like that. In fact, if you, to shout out another creator, Bellular Gaming, he posted kind of a video about this, like back in February, I recently did kind of a breakdown discussion of it. Uh, and he goes into the psychological uh, issues with the intrinsic reward, uh, br how they've broken that through the act of these dailies and weeklies. Uh, truly a fantastic video. If you guys have not seen it, uh, check it out or even break down my check out my breakdown and discussion of that specific topic. Real quick, when you were talking about the last topic and you're talking about games of service and you're talking about the, dev the devs that are working on it and they get burnt out, I can almost feel, and again, this is me personally, like when I'm playing a game, I can tell that they, they're just kind of like throwing in the towel, right? Like it's uninspired, like the updates they come out with and the things they do, they do the bare minimum, minimal viability, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To, to yeah. just put it in the game and you're like, okay, I'm not enjoying this. 
right? I, I played, like, for instance, I played Marvel's Avengers. I know a lot of people crap on the game, but, like, they just came out with a new hero, and I'm like, great, that's not content. We've been waiting for a year for content. They have no content. They brought it in, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, you level up, and then you're done, right? And you're like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to put that back down until they have new content. And then mm -hmm. they nerf certain things because they know when the next content comes out, they don't want you to level up as fast as you just did. So then they nerf the content that you did, so they're not respecting the player's time again. And then mm -hmm. it, it goes into this whole cycle of the developers are like, like they can't, I don't want to say all the developers can't enjoy it, but I'm sure there's people out there who are really gung-ho about it. But if you're if you're doing the same game, for instance, uh, Grand Theft Auto Online, right? Game's been out for eight years. There, there's probably someone that's still in there working, uh, putting trash on the roads or whatever, on the new DLCs that they've worked on. You know what I mean? Like that, mm -hmm. that's all they've done for like the last five years of their life where they could have stopped and worked on a different project and made a really cool game like God of War or something. But no, they're just working on the assets or the new things that are coming out for the small little 20 minute expansion that comes out for the season pass. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and to me, that's gotta be demoralizing as far as an artist goes, because I know when I was in the film industry, when I worked on a music video, worked on a TV commercial, and then I moved over to a feature film or did a reality show. That was what I loved doing because every time going to work, it was a different, same thing, but different scenarios, different uh, problem solving events that you could do when you're just working on the exact same game. The passion's just not there anymore because just mm -hmm. like uh, I'm, I'm, they're they're grinding by checking and doing their dailies, but in real life, you know. Do you yeah, do you think I want to pull a comment from Chad here because I, I want to see what you think, Mike? Because Krebsy said Game Pass has lowered your attachment value to games and the I'll play it because it's on Game Pass mentality. I'm adding that word because they put it in quotes. You aren't engaging with God of War, Ghost of Tsushima. That would reinvigorate your hope. And Eugene said it does kind of sound like Game Pass has hurt his love for gaming. Do you think yeah. there's any do you think there's any merit to that that like maybe you need to focus on some of these major story narrative driven tentpole value laden full price games as cuz you also mentioned like Marvel's Avengers like I wonder if maybe that is a factor in your enjoyment like are you targeting the wrong types of games that are lacking in the passion and love cuz they're more of a service or you know we we've been calling it like dollar dollar store or dollar menu gaming like you're going for the lowest stuff yeah. so you're getting the less the lower turnover oh yeah for sure i say it on my stream all the time i, I we, we joke about it on our podcast and everything we're like we're gonna play it why and everyone's like because it's on game pass right because that's what it is it's on game pass why as a consumer right if a, a new first party title game comes out or even a third party game comes out why would i go out obviously to give devs the money because they deserve it because they made a game i understand that right but why would I go buy that same game on PlayStation if it's out on Xbox and it's on Game Pass? You see what I'm saying? Why mm -hmm. would I why would I do that? And then Game Pass to me for 10 bucks, 15 bucks that I pay, if a game comes out and I don't like it, it's no sweat off my back because if it's a broken, buggy, crappy game, well, I didn't lose anything because there's a hundred other games on there. So yeah, 100 percent Game Pass has conditioned me to accept certain tendencies of games like when sea of thieves first came out i played sea of thieves for two years before it even came out on xbox right before it even launched i was i was part of the insider program okay and when they launched it with just the three factions i was like they're not launching it with just these three things are they i was like that's gonna be dumb and of course they launched it with the, just the three factions and then now four years later you look back at sea of thieves and it's, it's fantastic but i've already been burnt out because i played for two years before it launched and then i played it when it launched and i'm like eh, i'm kind of seeing everything just like you 
described earlier, Lona, where I've kind of seen the wizard behind the curtain. And I'm like, I'm kind of done with it at this point, right? Same thing with Minecraft. Like Minecraft, I played the crap out of Minecraft 12 years ago, right? I played it nonstop for four years straight. And then when it when Microsoft bought it and it launched to the public, I was like, ah, I'm kind of over it now because I've already played it for four years. So yeah, Game Pass has sped up that uh that thing for me now as far as answer your question as far as like why don't i go play other games like god of war i do like i picked up uh god of war and played it on the playstation 4 uh i don't have a playstation 5 and as a gamer who's been gaming my whole life i refuse to buy god of war ragnarok not because i've refused to buy it i refuse to buy it because i don't have a playstation 5 i don't want to play on an inferior product right right so i'm waiting yeah. for a playstation yeah. 5 mm -hmm. i'm not playing horizon forbidden west because i want to mm -hmm. play it on the best quality that I can play it on, right? So yeah. th this is the problem when it comes from both sides as a gamer. I don't want to just settle for a, a version of the game. I yeah. want the best version of mm -hmm. that game when I'm when I'm spending my money, right? So I, I was going to jokingly say, like, if I were to diagnose you like I'm a doctor or something, I'd be like, what you, <laughs> what you need is you need a PlayStation 5 and you need Ghost of Tsushima. Like you need I, you need you need I Ragnarok for business. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I want to play yeah. Ghost of Tsushima, but I refuse to buy it for the PlayStation 4. You're making yeah. the right choice. You are. I, I can I can attest to this. And I know people are just going to say, "Man, this guy really is a Sony fanboy." But I'm telling you, I do. I think there are different there's different ways to experience games and, and, and enjoy them. And I've I've made this remark similarly when people talk about certain movies. I'm like, "Well, it was a Transformers movie. I expected it to be a throwaway summer blockbuster. It wasn't. It wasn't going to wow me or move me the way that like Dead Poet Society did. Right? There's a difference between watching like The Lord of the Rings and sort of watching some silly throwaway movie like The Rundown with The Rock. Right? And so I think perhaps you've been consuming me too many movies with the rock and you need a good epic tale you need lord of the rings you need a good drama you need something that's going to hit you in a different way and i think that will you you'll you'll say oh man i'm still a gamer there's still those moments those moments can still be had because those single player titles on a ps5 the i they're they're phenomenal the they're they're very very good i i you know me even when we talked about destiny in the in the past I only played Destiny. Everyone's like, well, you're only playing Destiny for the wrong reasons then. I played for the story. I liked playing for the story of the stuff. And then once I was done with the story, I would put it down. I didn't really grind for, to get the best yeah. gun in the game. I would play the game to the story. But then they started doing the story, like, stretching it out. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. I'll wait, like Ginger said, wait yeah. two years and then play the game. Well, I can't do that with Destiny because they took away some of the content, so I miss out the opportunity if I wait two have years you, for that. Have you played Final Fantasy XIV? I have not. So I what would not. being that they've actually, and here's what's interesting about them. Now, they're obviously starting what I would say is a new, we assume a new saga based off of interviews and things like that, but uh, from ARR through Endwalker, now you could actually play, <laughs> and the meme is, have you heard about the award-winning uh, Final Fantasy 14 free, like you can play for free, right. not spending a penny. What a shill. Today, run, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> running all the way through Heaven's Word as an expansion. So like I would say like if you're looking for a really good story, it's going to start slow for you. You get into the Heaven's Word expansion, which is included. You get to like, I think the Heaven's Word expansion is really where like the story, like they start hitting some really good strides in their development and storytelling. And then if you're still interested, you could then get all the way and finish like you could actually be like from a story driven games as a service game they're like yeah that's the story like they're done and then we're gonna go and tell more stories in the world etc 
But if you've never experienced it and you're looking for like a good story, I would highly recommend Final Fantasy XIV to you, especially for the free version, which costs you absolutely nothing. So you could get through Heaven's Word and be like, meh, not my my take. And then you're not out. All you're out of right. is your time. My time. And so right. your risk, the risk, in my mind, the risk to you would be very low. Also, if you're not like, hey, I'm not really feeling playing with people, they're they're making more of the dungeons, especially all the story dungeons, uh, uh, playable with AI. So you could just like, I'm just playing it. I don't need to worry about like slowing anybody down. I want to take my time and experience the game. Honestly, what I've been calling it is like they're taking the approach of I've always called 14 an RPG MMO where it's like it's got the, it's the RPG first and then it invites you into an MMO if you so choose to continue and go in that like down that but it's optional it's not required but they're also bringing in what I call like uh you know uh, MSO where it's like massively single player online where it's like you don't have to even really talk to anybody and then if you want to then you can and so it's actually being it's going to be interesting to see it's the impact on the MMO genre in the next like five to 10 years, because like, is this end up being so accessible that even people who thought they didn't like or were worried about these kind of games, all of a sudden are like, oh, this is actually really nice. And I yeah. can experience a story and it's, you know, voice acted and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, just that would be my, that'd be my plug for a game. If you're looking for a game that you want to sink your teeth into, that has a decent story that has been already out and it's kind of worked out a lot of its, you know, issues. Right. That might be a good, good option for you to th- consider. And that, that in chat, the people are saying, I have no problem giving money. I have no problem playing full price for a game, right? right. I have no problem yeah. playing full price for a game. Like when Spider-Man came out, I, I picked up Spider-Man, loved Spider-Man, right? I missed out because I didn't own a PlayStation 4 when Ragnarok came out, right? So I didn't buy it right away. Otherwise, I would. I got it on sale. Phenomenal you, game. You, right? mean the fir- you mean the first God of War? God of War. Yeah, not Ragnarok. Did I say Ragnarok? You did. Oh, yeah, just, just I have early access. Don't tell anyone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so when I played God of War, I didn't I didn't play it when it came out in 2018. I only got my PlayStation 4 back in 2020, right? So um, when I played those games, I got it after the fact. But I have no problem giving devs that give me a complete experience at launch, right? Not waiting six months, eight months, 10 months, 12 months to buggy, broken, fixed game. If you put out a single-player game and it's it's done... I'm your guy. I'll pick up your game and play it because that's I'm old school. I, I want a full complete game at launch. I don't want to wait for the content. I don't want to pay you 60 bucks and then wait uh, every 12 weeks to get something. I, I, I just want to give you the money. You give me the product and then I, I enjoy it. And when I'm done with it, I'll put it down. Well, I uh, I think that's a great spot to, to, to end, but also to transition into the after show because there's, there's plenty more to say here in debate and I like some of the pushback from chat. That was really good. But if you guys are listening to the to the public episode, you could always come to Reforge Gaming and become a member and come to the after show. Me and Mike and Brian keep talking. Before we go over there, I do want to give these guys an opportunity to tell you where's the best place to find them. If you like what Mike is saying or you don't like what he's saying, I, he's just like me. I know he would welcome you coming to his chat and disagreeing love with him. Watching. So, yeah, I love you right. watching. That's right. Tell him where to find you, Mike, and what kind of uh, content they can expect to find. You can find me on 30 and Still Gaming uh, on YouTube only. I'm no longer on Twitch. I'm only on YouTube. 
so you can find me out over on YouTube at 30 and still gaming. I do Monday through Thursday mornings called the daily grind. We go over news stories and have good conversations, pop culture, all that stuff. Uh, I've been doing that for three years. And then um, you can find us on our main hub uh, podcast on Thursday nights. We just had our last episode last night, th- uh, episode 318 or 317. I forget. We're in the 300s uh, for Generation X Gaming, a weekly podcast that goes over a few of the top stories in the past week. And we branch along the way. Perfect. Ginger, where can they find you and what kind of content can they find? I love uh, RPGs and I, I do spend a lot of time with games of service games. I like kind of the community and the the evolution of these games. Um, you know, it just tends to be something that I enjoy. You can uh, start, obviously, with Ginger Prime uh, is the easiest way to start. And I have uh, different sub channels in which that I kind of have uh, focused game topics. So like, I like talking about New World and Final Fantasy. Uh, I like talking about Destiny. I like talking about all these different um, games of service games. And I kind of focus those into their own channels, um, basically, because that ends up being such a just a nice way. Like if you're like, I'm just interested in this one game, you're not going to end up getting extra stuff that you don't want in your feed. But Prime, I'll talk about anything and everything. I've been talking about my stand up career, how that's performing, how that's going. Uh, you know, give any uh, answer questions and just really kind of cover uh, a generic sense. Now, I do stream over on Ginger Prime on YouTube. That's where generally you might find me live. I also stream over on Purple as a part of the Work to Game uh, clan. So I share a, a, a partner channel over on Twitch. And actually, I'll be live on, uh, today playing some New World over on Twitch around like four-ish. So here about, you know, 24, 20 minutes-ish uh, from uh, from this uh, moment. But uh, yeah, so that's what I get. I get Fridays. Like my wife gives me Fridays to take a nice long game, hang out and chill session. And then when there's events and big kind of things happening in the industry... Uh, then you'll find me over as an uh, on Prime. I can't stream as much as as you, Lono man, uh, but I do always enjoy lurking on you on your streams because I, <laughs> I was like I live vicariously uh, through all the game news through you, my dude. But that's that's the best place to start. Uh, the links are all uh, within kind of the, the 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 channel page. You can always just say if you click on my name, I'll just type yo in chat. Uh, that should be able to get you to wherever you need. And if you subscribe, that's awesome. And if not, no worries. So. <laughs> There you have it. Real easy to find them. 30 and still gaming and Ginger Prime. You can literally just go to YouTube, type it in the search bar. You'll find them. Subscribe. Watch their content. Guys, if you're here right now and you're a member, you can continue watching. We're going to do the after show. Don't forget, for Pete's sakes, a lot of you has gotten getting gifted members. Get in our Discord and get involved. Every Friday night is an absolute blast for members. I'm playing games with my wife. It's hilarious. And once a month, we do community game night. So a lot of new members, okay? So make sure you're in the Discord. Make sure you're connected. And you can enjoy all of the uh, all the extra content that we're creating for members, which we're about to do that right now. So if you're listening to this podcast in other locations, you can always catch us live. Reforge Gaming on YouTube. Become a member for five bucks, and you can be a part of the after show, which we are getting ready to go do. I just did. I just did. I became Ooh. a member right now. Thirty just nice. became a member. What a so chance! I can see, so I can see chat. So at, can the, see at the chat. after show you're probably a member on the other big channel that's probably what happens we had to move channels. i just became a member i just it's, became a member it's such hit it a up thing. chat hit it up it's such a thing if you guys like this content check us out live every friday at 3 p.m eastern on reforge gaming i'm gonna start talking and you're gonna hear a brief intro for the after show so that's why i'm doing that but the show's gonna end in a few seconds Hey, if you clicked on this and you weren't here live, this is the Reforge Roundtable After Show. Roughly 20-30 minutes. It's not super long. It's just an opportunity to hang out with me and Mike and Brian, the Roundtable. Maybe ask some questions. Maybe get a little crazy or wild. We ended the show on a note where Mike's like, 
I'm I'm not enjoying gaming and why what's going on right and I was I was blaming Microsoft for everything and debates were breaking out in chat it was great it was great I'm gonna end the previous stream and I'm gonna bring everybody over that wants to be a part of this and 